Welcome to GovIT, a podcast series from DLT, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each episode, we explore a different technology, what it is, and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. This episode, we're sitting down with two folks from DLT. David Blankenhorn is Chief Technology Officer and Andre Vanderpost, Vice President of Next Generation Solution Sales. We'll be discussing the complexities of public sector cloud and how solutions providers can be lost or stuck in their cloud journey to advancing their cloud capabilities. David and Andre, good to have you with us today. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here with you. Hey, Tom. Awesome. Love the opportunity to have a chat with you. All right. Let's begin with the basics here. What's driving demand for cloud technology from the public sector that you deal with, from the agencies and organizations you deal with? Well, in addition to the policy-related drivers like cloud-related executive orders and state CIO priorities of cloud adoption. I think that that COVID really forced public sector agencies to rethink how they were providing government services to their constituents. You know, with government employees not able to work in the traditional office and constituents not being able to meet with those, those agents, you know, a different re- approach was really called for. You know, many federal, state, local education entities embrace cloud technology to really kind of bring the necessary services to all of these folks. And anyone with a school-aged child will witness firsthand kind of the adoption of video conferencing and cloud-based collaboration services this past year by schools throughout the U.S. You know, to be fair, though, the, you know, the transition to cloud predates COVID. Uh, in fact, in the federal market, we're seeing over $8 billion in cloud spending uh, with IaaS realizing about an 8% compounded annual growth rate. We're seeing SaaS realizing about 6%. And PaaS, Platform as a Service, with a whopping 22%. Uh, and this adoption really spans all of the civilian, the defense, and the intelligence agencies. And Andre? I think David's hit the nail on the head. The, the one part I would add to that is, as government has expanded its use of technology so massively in the last 10, 15 years, the ability to implement technology in the cloud, secure it, and then control it at a much faster rate is something that I think is is, is paramount to government being able to keep up. The days of, you know, I used to be a government CTO, David Gnosis. The days of me turning around and saying, I've got an IT project which requires an infrastructure to run on a server farm, it would take me a year, year and a half to get through a procurement, step it up, stand it up, and then do something. In the cloud world, the infrastructure piece is taken away because I can literally go and kick that infrastructure off tomorrow. So speed of deployments, speed of management, speed of security, I think is something also that is very, very, very important to our, to our public sector customers. And many of the solution providers have their own solutions in the cloud. And does this pose challenges, do you think, for public sector organizations that are used to having on-prem software that they buy? No, I think we're increasingly seeing the public sector uh, being much more open in terms of where the application lives, whether it's on-prem, private cloud, containers, public cloud. They're I think the the aperture is definitely opening up in terms of being more accepting of cloud-based services. I think when it comes to um, solution providers who are starting to build out their offerings, I think what they need to be careful about is how they package and how they manage, whether or not it's actually uh, something that that is a one-off for a customer or if they're delivering it themselves as a cloud service it does have different compliance requirements that could come into play like a fed ramp or a state ramp sort of scenario again to add to that or augment that i think one of the big challenges solution providers have today is cloud capabilities cloud solutions are much more visible to an end customer necessary they're not hidden somewhere in a data center where nobody knows what's going on and so what i call capability versus absolute reliability is critical 
the, the days of being able to implement a solution, take nine months to implement it, move along, make it work over a period of time are gone. Uh, your solution needs to be ready to go from day one. It needs to be capable. It needs to be, again, secured. And the visibility of that capability is much more present. We have a much better educated business community now who are used to seeing solutions. You know, <laughs> the days of going onto an app store, downloading a fully-fledged enterprise capability and having it run in 30 seconds, there's an expectancy now on in, in customers and business users that they're going to get that from an IT department. And if your solution doesn't deliver like that, then you're going to be found out. And, and we're seeing a huge transition in the mindsets of the solution providers that have to think differently. To be able to take what was very much a protected, and I'll say it very carefully, a protected environment. Everybody knew everybody, everybody with an understanding of how they did things. The cloud community has blown that apart. And so speed to market, but in a credible fashion is something that I think the solution providers are probably the biggest challenge for. Yeah, sounds like instant gratification has come to the world of IT deployment. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's all about, to, to Andre's point about, you know, speed to market. Contrary to popular belief, there's a strong innovative culture within the public sector. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are trying to do some really creative, out-of-the-box thinking and making things happen in light of budget shortfalls and everything else. So it's it's really about that. How quickly can we get that that service out there? And they're taking a much more agile approach, a much more iterative approach as well. I was going to say, in some ways, this sounds like the analog to the agile development method, where instead of having a software rollout every 10 years or something, they want 60-day, 30-day, 90-day results from scrums where new features are added as they're developed, and then you go on to the next thing. Yeah, there's, there's a very strong analog there. And we are seeing the government start to really kind of adopt that uh, that more agile approach, that more iterative approach, which is terrific. I mean, they realize it's not a situation where, like it was you know, back in the day where they would let a multi-billion dollar contract and it'd be two years worth of requirements analysis followed by another three years worth of development. And then five years after contract award, you have something that is now obsolete uh, being delivered. It's It's Finally, we're, I think we're getting beyond that. I would say that 30, 60, 90 days is, is no longer relevant. It's more like one week, two weeks, three weeks. You know, we saw this during COVID, for example, where it was a sudden realization that for, in the space of literally a month to six weeks, entire workforces moved out of the office and public sector had to keep functioning. They couldn't just down tools. And so we saw workplace, workplace solutions, workforce automation solutions suddenly be stood up and deployed in matters of days, not even months anymore. And again, I think one of the big challenges you have with that is, I have a saying that David knows I use it, is that risk in IT is a bit like energy. It cannot be created or destroyed. It just merely changes form. And in the cloud world, that's what's happened. You, you, it's not that the risk is any less or any great. It's just different. And so when you stand up solutions and there's an expectation that you're going to stand up solutions so much quicker, your risk mitigation, your governance, your controls, all those things that traditionally were in place because they were long running are now condensed into a much shorter time frame. And again, I do believe what the cloud capability has brought in terms of pressure to solution providers, it's not the technology. It's all supporting governance, programmatic risk management things. It's just become, it's, it's just increased the spotlight on that. And so for us, educating, helping solution providers understand how to be successful in that world by thinking about their business in a different way is really the value that we're trying to bring to the market. And recently, DLT launched the cloudnavigator.com. This is aimed at the solutions providers. What can they find there? You know, that's a great segue. And that, that really is what I'm talking about. Cloud Navigator is our cloud program, cloud framework to assist 
solution providers rapidly adopt a cloud strategy and get to return on investment quickly. At cloudnavigator.com, you know, our solution providers have an ability to go and do an assessment of themselves, where they are, what they're doing, get a high level readiness assessment of their ability to embark on a successful cloud journey. There are also assets available there to them that allow them to know more about what they need to be able to do. And then through cloudnavigator.com, they can engage with us as DLT, as an expert in this field, to help that journey. And, and so we have, you know, solution providers coming to us from all walks of life. Those that have, you know, well thought through products that have no cloud capability that really need to understand how to get onto the cloud, to those who are probably running cloud capabilities and solutions in a commercial space that need to get into a public sector. So that cloudnavigator.com uh, is the entry point into accessing that wealth of capability and knowledge that DLT has. Yeah, I think also there's a there's a very there's a pretty steep learning curve when it comes to partners adopting cloud solutions, cloud computing technologies into their portfolio. You know, when I started uh, DLT's cloud capabilities about 11 years ago, there were a lot of things that we needed to figure out, uh, and these elements spanned all parts uh, and all aspects of the business. You know, how do you shift from a kind of a lumpy hardware software uh, sales model to a monthly recurring revenue model? How do you commission your sales reps when the order doesn't mean actual revenue? If you're doing your own billing, does your financial system support five decimal spaces or specifically one one hundred thousandths of a cent? How does the cloud architecture change your solution architectures? You know, what new design patterns are necessary? What solution areas should you specialize? Should you be doing you know, migration, security, operations, DevSecOps, AI, ML, specialized workloads? How do you use cloud as an accelerant for the rest of your portfolio? And these are all questions that, that we had to go through as we were building out our cloud capabilities. And I think the important thing is that selling and deploying cloud is different from traditional hardware and software sales. Fortunately, we've been through this. We have the learnings, we have the, the scars. Uh, and fortunately, our partners don't have to figure this all out on their own. That is critical, is the notion of not having to figure it out on their own because what we've seen is partner enters the community of wanting to do cloud and then has to start investing in all sorts of new resources, new capabilities. It's an 18 months, two years, three years typically before you even start to win your first business and get a return investment. Not because you don't have technical proficiencies, but you don't set, you're competing with salespeople who are used to setting a once-off on-prem capability. Now they've got to go and sell this business every month because if you're not selling it every month, consumption's not increasing. It's how do we help you fast track your business by learning from the lessons we've learned over the last 12 years. Sounds like it's important for the solution providers then to go ahead and take that assessment at the cloudnavigator.com. That's absolutely critical because they don't know what they don't know. And by taking that assessment, it starts to give you a fairly fair good idea around where the gaps are. You know, our job as an aggregator in the space is not just to get you to be successful, but it's to allow us to plug the holes in your organization until you can, you know, step up and have that resource available. And so that assessment is a really good way of figuring out what your starting point is. Because one of the things that we've realized is starting a cloud business, growing a cloud business, scaling a cloud business to success. It's a known journey, not a simple journey. It's very complex, but it's known. The challenge is, is every organization, every solution provider, and in case many vendors, start the journey in a different place. And figuring out where your starting point is critical. So many of the organizations that, that I came across when my time at AWS and now at DLT spent a year or a year and a half trying to figure out where the starting point was. And the engagement 
really, really allows you to get to that starting point. Because once you can, once you know where to start, we can map the journey out for you. But if you start in the wrong place, you can spin your wheels for a long time and not be successful. I mean, the way I look at it is like any journey, you need kind of a starting point and you need to have a destination in mind. And if you don't know where you are, it makes it really difficult to determine the right path. So the nice thing about this assessment is that it really helps our partners determine the areas of their business that may need special attention and really provides that baseline, that starting point against which a flight plan can be built out. David Blankenhorn is the Chief Technology Officer of DLT. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Great to be here. And Andre Vanderhost is the Vice President for Next Generation Solutions at DLT. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. For more on how Cloud Navigator helps demystify public sector cloud for solutions providers, please visit cloudnavigator.com. You've been listening to GovIT from DLT. We'll be back soon with more public sector IT content. I'm Tom Temin.